I haven't preached in a few weeks. See, I was here on the 19th to assist Kit, and then I was off the 26th and the 2nd. I was here on the 24th, so I, so I, I'm kind of, you know, trying to get my, my mojo back here, so let's hope it all works, right? <laughs> it was a very strange feeling over the last couple of weeks to not have what I do here on Sundays to kind of anchor me. So that period through the holidays uh, after Christmas was just kind of free-floating. And I've discovered that I don't do that really well, which is either good news or bad news. So, um, so I really had to listen for what the next thing was for me to do. Like from moment to moment to moment. Do I want to sit and look at videos a little bit longer on my phone? Or do I want to get up and do something that would be considered productive? Or is sitting and resting the best thing to do right now? Or do I need to go shopping? No, there's people out there. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we're entering now our third year of this pandemic. Who would have thought? Who would have thought back in February, March of 2020 that we would be doing this still? I read something the other day that said that um, wearing masks will become as much a part of our culture as it has been in Eastern Asian cultures for a while. And, um, and so if that's the way it is, then so be it. We'll figure it out, won't we? Um, we are, if nothing else, we are resilient people. And um, I think we can pat ourselves on the back for that a little bit, that we just keep getting up and moving on. Um, today's lesson about guidance has played with me a lot over the last few days because uh, I used to think that guidance had to come in of a certain package in order for it to be legitimate guidance. And the question that I've heard for all these years, that, and also that I've asked myself, is how do I know if it's God or if it's just me? Well, that line starts to get more blurred the longer we're in a spiritual practice. Because just me isn't just me. Just me is also God. So we have some models that have come before us on guidance. And so I'm going to go back in chronological order about 500 years before Jesus was the Buddha. And he sat under the Bodhi tree until he attained enlightenment. So we had that model. And then we had Jesus, who also would withdraw periodically to take a nap in the boat, to go up on a mountain, either for rest or for prayer, and sometimes to commune with the prophets that had already gone on many, many centuries before him. And, um, and then we have 600 years after that, Muhammad, who uh, received his vision from the Arabic name for Gabriel, um, from that angel that became the root of Islam. So we have these models of the prophets and the teachers going away sitting in silence, uh, uh, being in sacred places in order to receive their renewal and their vision. 
And for many years, we thought that that's the way we had to do it too. We thought that um, in order to attain our next, our next little bit of enlightenment, we had to own our way into it. Except that spirituality is also an evolution of the times in which we live. We're not agrarian people. We are people who are living in a different pace than the lives of the teachers and prophets that came before us. And so our idea about guidance has to shift as well, doesn't it? We will receive guidance uh, in those quiet moments when we sit on our yoga mat or when we uh, meditate in nature or when we do those things that make us very, very quiet. We will receive guidance. Whether we're consciously aware of it or not, something shifts in us when we turn our attention to the divine, period. But for me, and I'm not saying this is for everybody, but for me, when I'm agitated and looking for the next thing, sitting down and being quiet is not my best course of action. I mean, am I the only one that's like this when things are swirling around me and things are swirling around up here? My first thought is not, oh, I'll go sit down and be quiet for a while. I don't think so. I, it helps. It helps if I'll just stop and like breathe. That helps to kind of slow things down, get the heart rate down, get the thoughts a little more orderly. But if we're not open to getting guidance on the run, then we're missing a lot of the picture, aren't we? So our guidance can come in so many forms. And a lot of times we don't realize that we've received guidance until after the fact, when we realize that we acted upon something that moved us in a certain direction and then we look back and go, oh, that's what happened. Oh, I had that urge, that impulse, that movement of my feet toward this, and it resulted in that. So, so let me just, I, I thought about this today. How many ways have I gotten uh, guidance or had a spiritual experience that shifted my path a little bit? Done a sweat lodge. Or two. I've done um, uh, healing with all manner of healing modalities, uh, PTSD therapy, integrated breath work, um, uh, massage and body work, uh, fascia release, you know, those body works uh, also release the things that are stored up in your body. And uh, that, has a, that does a lot for us to cleanse and move us on. Uh, let's see, one of the most profound experiences I had was uh, I was at a resort in Mexico. And I was looking at the menu of different things that they offered to the tourists. And I went, oh, this one sounds good right here. So I went to this, what I thought was a massage. It had massage in it, but I was in a room with two people that were not very far away from their indigenous ancestors by the looks of them. These were people that were directly from the Maya. And um, there was copal being burned and rattles. And this 
tiny woman did this work on me, and at the very end of it, she wrapped me up in a sheet on the table, wrapped herself around me, and cradled me in her arms. And I wept like a baby because I had been wrapped up in the mother. But I've also gotten guidance by riding a horse when my horse knew what was going on with me better than I did. And the next thing I know, I'm crying or laughing or, uh, or feeling a sense of exhilaration that I didn't know I could tap into, and it freed me up to go move on to the next thing. I've gotten guidance just saying, where do I need to go next in the grocery store? And then I run into a person that I needed to meet, friend or stranger. Uh, the other day, uh, just in the, I went up to see my family up in the Fort Worth area this week. And I guess the timing of the trip was just right that I got off to uh, take the exit toward where my mom is, and that's also where the supercharger is for my car. And I exited the highway just moments before there was a really bad wreck because I really needed to be available to my family and not taking care of myself in an accident. So, and I could see the wreck from where I stopped. So, um, so we have all kinds of ways that it comes to us. We have a moment where a stranger says something to us in passing that unlocks a thought feeling that takes us somewhere else. We are also that for other people. So it's not a one-way street. Guidance is a collaborative effort between us, other people, unseen spirit in many forms and through many modalities. So if we're open to it, guidance is occurring all the time, all the time. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Yes, we have models of how to do it. I also have to think, just because I've studied more of the, studies, the stories of Jesus than I have of the Buddha or Muhammad or the other great teachers and prophets, but we also have examples of Jesus walking through crowds and feeling the energy of the crowd. The examples of Jesus listening to a person and then asking the question that's underneath their question. So we have ways that show us how to do it. But the wonderful thing about, about a spiritual path, the wonderful thing about our individual spiritual journey is that it's tailored to us. So for you, your best guidance may be in sitting in the silence. And for others, your best guidance may be that which you get when you're on the fly. When you go, mm, yes, yes, I'm listening, I'm listening. So I made a little formula while I was putting this talk together. You know, last week, you got a white stone with your guided word for the year. And for those of you who didn't get a white stone, we do have some available. I'll talk about that at the end of the service. But after you get your white stone word, it's not like, oh, gee, now I have my word and all this stuff is going to happen that's going to fulfill this. You, you kind of have to take part in it yourself. 
you have to be engaged in what your word is. And so, uh, in order to be able to use and express your word, in order to take any actions, it's important to listen to guidance toward that. And that's the thing. We humans are so accustomed to having our answers, to having a chronological progression of things in our lives, that it sometimes takes some practice and some work in order for us to be able to receive things out of the sequence that we think we're supposed to have. So you may pick that word and have no idea why that word came to you. I know that I had my word in front of me all year long from last year. And it wasn't until the end of the year that I reflected upon how that word had come to pass. And it was clear because the word was already implanted it was already part of my consciousness, no matter how deep. And everything else started to outpicture it. So here's what I think is the formula I'm going to suggest to you. We are practical Christianity, so it's good for us to have a plan. Even though I just said we don't always have to have a plan. So... Please live with the paradox or the contradiction, whichever way you want to look at it. First of all, let me just say to you that many times when we have an idea, when we have an inspiration, the first thing that we do is not necessarily to go running out and telling people about it. Sometimes when an idea comes to us, a profound idea, a profound piece of creativity, it's important for us to hold it and let the energy build around it, to nurture it, to cradle it, to let it gain some life and momentum within you before dissipating the energy by speaking about it. That's a very sacred time. And if you're one who gets very enthusiastic and wants to just blurt it out, try hanging on to it for a moment to see what happens. Okay. Jacket's coming off. <laughs> I guess the mojo arrived, so there it is. So, here's what I suggest that we do. First of all, we just listen. Just listen. And it's not necessarily for words, but it's for impressions. It's for what, I call, what I've said before, thought feelings. Where it's somewhere in between here and here, we get an impression. And just stay with it for a moment. And then we might think, well, okay, is this the right thing? Am I, am I on the right course? So we make a little move in that direction, and we see what happens. My friends, we, we're in the habit of wanting a guarantee, aren't we? Gosh, i got to know this is going to work before I jump out and do it. Doesn't always work that way, does it? How many of you know somebody that in the last two years has made a significant change in their lives? They've either moved, 
They retired early or changed professions. They ended a relationship. Anybody know anybody who's done that? Have any of you been those people? Yes? And just take a moment. Give yourself the gift of looking back upon the thing that you did, the thing that you experienced. Was it something that you got an inkling of beforehand? What did that feel like when you got it? And then how did you move on it? So sometimes we make a move in the direction we think the guidance is taking us. And then we stop and listen. I call that the moment of letting go of one trapeze bar before we grab the next one. There's that breathless moment in between. You see, the thing about trapeze flying is that you can't grab that next bar until you've let go of this one, otherwise you will be rent asunder, as they say in the scripture. I've done that. Did I tell you guys I did trapeze flying at one time? It was fun. Scary fun. But I was, I was guided in that direction. And it gave me some momentum that I don't think I could have gotten otherwise. It was scary enough just climbing that tiny little ladder, which I'm pretty sure was only about three inches wide, that I had to climb up to get to the platform. And so in two sessions, I went from just swinging on the trapeze and doing a flip into the net which I'd never done before. I couldn't do it on land, so I did it in the air. And uh, the second session, I did a catch with the instructor. So, um, but there's that moment in between. And that's the one that we're afraid of, and sometimes we don't take an action because we're afraid of that moment in between. But we have to let go before we can grab onto so we make that first small move and listen. And then we might make another small move and then listen. And sometimes we'll go, no, that's the wrong direction. And we make a course correction. And then we stop and listen. Now, these things can take months or they can happen in an instant. So we have a chance to course correct, not out of fear, but out of what is the most authentic, next best thing to do. You see? And then we might start having the conversation with any number of people. We have a conversation with one person and say, you know, I'm trying out this thing. I'm thinking about this thing. I've started investigating it this way. But don't ask other people unless you want to know what they think. You might get what you're asking for, which is the truth. Or you might get somebody else's opinion, which you have a, you have a choice about whether or not you accept that opinion. Just try not to have opinions about opinions. I'm afraid I'm guilty of that particular thing. So we ask. We run it by our trusted friends, our trusted mentors. 
We do not go to people that we know will shoot down our ideas. We go to people that we know will listen with an open and willing heart. Do you see that just in this, we're exploring so many things? Dreams. Dreams will sometimes show us a yes or a no. Dreams will reveal to us sometimes what our fears are. See, we have, we have so much information internally and externally that sometimes what we have to do most of all is to hone our listening skills. That's probably the thing that makes the most difference. And in order to hone our listening skills, sometimes we just have to shut up. Outside and inside. And listen. And listen. You see, our lives take on a, a very precious... Um, I, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Momentness. There was something that had you get out of bed this morning, do your morning ritual, and come here. There was something that had you get on your computer or your phone and tune in to this service at exactly the time that you do. You're here. Look for the Christ beings that are all around you here. And see if one of them has something to say to you verbally or non-verbally. Because, you see, we're very good, especially with masks on, we're very good at our nonverbal communication now, aren't we? Have you noticed that you are getting better at making sure your eyes smile? I know that I've walked through the store smiling at people, and I thought, oh, how would they know? I need to make sure my eyes are smiling. I want to have friendly eyes. Sometimes I also want to have eyes that are not open to other people because I'm in here. And sometimes we're doing both. You see, we've been given this great gift of free will. We can get all the guidance in the world from spirit and decide not to take it. But I can tell you that most of the time, if that's the case, if you resist the guidance you've been given, it will become uncomfortable. And you will finally get broken down and say, all right already, I'll do it. I'll be it. I will do that next right thing. Darn it. And that's part of us, too, isn't it? So there's a lot of patience that goes along with becoming listening people. Um, I, I was having a conversation with Leah, as a matter of fact. And we talked about the value of being comfortable with our uncomfortableness. Of being okay with not feeling okay. And I'm not talking about physical feeling okay, but just that, that spot we get into sometimes that's uncomfortable, where we're, we're not really sure what's this, what's that. Some would call it the dark night of the soul. 
in which we feel like our communication with spirit is dry and empty, it doesn't mean that it's not happening. It just means that it's a season for us to be still and wait. Be still and wait. And that was the message I got all through this kind of uncomfortable, different kind of Christmas, different kind of holiday season, was just to be patient. Be patient. I was talking with my, one of my sisters this week. You know, my, my dad passed shortly before last Christmas, uh, Christmas of 2020. And I, I don't remember that Christmas day. I, I, don't, I have no memory of it. I don't know what happened Thanksgiving, three weeks after he died. I, I just can't remember. I, I've asked my sons, and they've given me pieces of it, but I can't relive it because it's just not there. I don't remember decorating for Christmas. Um, this year... I think I did. My kids said I did, so I believe them. Most of the time, they don't lie. That's a joke. They're very honest kids. I only am correcting that because I'm on, I'm on tape, you see, so I'm in the digital archives. Um, last year, uh, this year, I didn't decorate much for Christmas at all. My sister went all out for Christmas. Last year, nothing. And so we were all moving through our, our seasons of grief, our seasons of um, letting things be the way they were, letting things be the way they are. And, uh, and I think that part of our guidance uh, matrix here is to be accepting of ourselves wherever we are. Because if we are trying and trying and trying to get ourselves better, we might be missing out on what it takes to be healed. And those are two different things. So, beloved, wherever you are today, it's okay. Wherever you are, it's okay. Whatever you're experiencing, it's okay. It may not be comfortable. It may be darned uncomfortable. It's okay. Will this season pass? Yes. Is guidance and love and protection and blessing from spirit going on at the same time? Yes. And I think if there's anything that we all need right now, more than maybe anything, it's a sense of just breathing and being exactly where we are, exactly where we are. Why don't you just go ahead and breathe right now? <sighs> I'll share one final experience. I had a friend of mine that I've known, let's see, this June, I will be 30 years in ministry. This June will be 30 years that I've been in Austin. And um, almost at the beginning of my ministry here in Austin, I met a woman that I've known all these years. We've been in and out of each other's lives. I did her wedding 
probably 20 years ago. And she has been, um, she's got dementia. And a few months ago, finally had to go into a memory care facility because her wife could no longer take care of her. And she had a wonderful day, a wonderful day going um, into the hill country with her wife uh, the, on New Year's Day, it was. And um, she had a Mustang that was given to her when she was 19 years old. She's maintained all these years. She's about 70. And um, so she and her wife were out in the hill country singing her favorite songs, humming for my friend because she lost her words a while ago. And uh, having a beloved, wonderful, memory-making day. And that evening, she had a massive stroke. And it, uh, it, it's, there's not a coming back from it. And she's now in hospice care, palliative care, and making her way eventually out of this world. I had planned to come back and see her on my way back into town from um, Fort Worth on Thursday, and I got delayed because my sister had a, a knife accident in her kitchen. I had to take her to the emergency room and get some stitches, and that delayed my getting back home. So I went to see her on Friday, and it happened to be a day in which her eyes were bright and clear. And I think she knew who I was. Even if she didn't know me from time and place, she knew my spirit. She held my hand and responded to me, strong grip. When I put my hand on her head, she closed her eyes to accept it. And as I prayed with her, she took a great deep breath. And so even though the left side of her brain is gone, there is nothing there. Her soul is still present. Her soul is still responsive. Her body breathes and breathes deeply in response to that soul. And I tell her story today because, beloved ones, if she can do that, as impaired in so many ways as she is, then I think that we have an inspiration there to continue to be able to do it in spite of whatever is going on in our lives, to be able to breathe, to be able to listen, to be able to be patient, to be able to um, say, yes, this is the next right thing. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm going to breathe my way into it. Hallelujah. I can do that. Because there is that in us which is deeper and richer and more connected than we always tend to remember. That is the thing that we're always bringing ourselves into alignment with. 
So listen. And then take an action. And then listen. And then take another action. And then listen. And check it out with people you trust. And check it out with your God over and over and over again. From the smallest thing to the most grand thing in your life. That voice will never fail you. Ever. 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 So let's take a moment and practice it. Because we have the benefit of some silence. We have the benefit of peace. We have the benefit of breath. Right now. And above all, we have the benefit of each other and the momentum of our collective energy to take us to that depth. And so breathe. And why don't you try breathing so I can hear you up here? So much is released in that exhale. So much that we hold on to. So many expectations. And I'm going to address God. Not as God outside of us only. But as that which we can understand lives within and without. Not an asking for something that is missing. But an asking that is our surrender. God, we are listening. And spirit, whether it's what I eat for lunch or whatever big decision awaits me, I'm listening. I immerse myself with my every breath, with my every thought, with my every action. I immerse myself in you. You are my beloved and I am yours. The God of ideas, the God of impressions, the God of miracles, the God of visions, the God of practicality, the God of everything. What is next for me? What is next for us? What is next for humanity? 
how shall I contribute to the highest for all? Help me give up my preconceptions that I might have new conceptions. Hold my hand as I walk into the chasm of unknowing so that I might know. Ease my fears. Ignite my courage. Strengthen my gait. Free my mind. Calm my thoughts. Let me walk in the steps of the masters and the teachers and the saints and the heroes and the heroines and the very archetypal ideas of what makes us good. Show me my best self so that I might live out who you are. And now we take that which is inspiring us right now. And we extend to all of our friends here and beyond the reassurance of that knowing for them as well. That they might have confidence in spirit and the inner voice of it. that we might be united as one people, one spirit, for the good of all. And so in whatever way we can, we are instruments of peace. We are hands of healing. We are expressions of joy. We bring beauty into the world. We accomplish that which only we can accomplish. Uniquely created. And spirit for all this, for all this we are so grateful we affirm that which we receive right now and all the things that are coming to us in the future that show us the way.
We give thanks in advance for illumination, for enlightenment in the small things and the grand things. For we are abundantly blessed and we're abundantly grateful. And with another breath, another great breath, inhale and release. We say, and so it is, and so it is. Amen and amen.